0: Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood, and I'm super excited that you have picked this podcast to listen to. Alongside me, as always, producer Nathan. That's right. Actually, alongside of you. I'm i know. beside of you at the table. It I is really nice. Through a screen this time. It is really nice to have like some in-person podcasting. It's been it a is. little while. I mean, it's just so easy yeah. with Zoom, but there, right. I do enjoy... Mm -hmm. the in the room at the table hey I want to say thank you for listening Uh, also make sure you leave a rating and review that helps other people find the podcast and it lets us know what you think so that we can continually improve the stuff that we do for all of you well we are super excited Uh, friend of the podcast friend of Lifeway uh, Dr. Kara Powell is with us today if you are unfamiliar uh, she is the executive director of the Fuller Youth Institute And Chief of Leadership Formation at Fuller Theological Seminary, Um, mom of teenagers, has successfully raised them through that zone. And one still there.
1: Yep, have an 11th grader and two college students.
0: So amazing. So we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, Kara, it's so great to see you and have you on the podcast today. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. And I agree. It's nice to be in the same geophysical room to do a podcast. This feels like something I haven't gotten to do in a while.
0: I know. Well, and it's, you know, like a lot of the Regulations and stuff have obviously been lifted for a while, but you yep. get in that pattern of yeah. oh, it's just so easy to jump on a video. We'll just do it by Zoom. You're we'll from California. By we're, by we're here. Yeah, totally. And, but it's it's so good. Now you're in town because uh, our as the time of the recording of this episode. Our launch event is happening tomorrow, Yes, and so you're, we're glad to have you for that as well. We're uh, we are we're so excited about it because we've just hit over 600 uh, in registrations Great. for that event, so Excellent. we'll be broadcasting tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, when you hear this podcast, it'll be passed, but you can go to Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube. We posted the... Uh, we'll, we will have posted all of the talks in short form on the YouTube channel after the original broadcast. So if you missed it, you can go check out the the topic. There is actually one that we're going to be covering in this podcast. We're going to dive deeply into at launch uh, parent ministry and how to partner well. So I want to talk with you about that in just a minute. But before we get there, I know that you have been working on a project with a lot of other people, a lot of collaborators involved, uh, the 10 by 10 project. So, and the broad vision there is to see faith become more important for teen for 10 million teenagers over the next, basically reaching 10 million teenagers over the next 10 years. Exactly. It's incredible vision. Uh, So, uh, We're going to assume that people may have heard a little bit about it, but catch us up to speed. Give us more information on where student pastors can go and, get involved, find out more.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked, Ben, and it's been great to get to know you better, even in the 10 by 10 process. So, you know, I love youth ministry, and I think God is doing so much good work through amazing youth leaders like the listeners here. And yet, if you look at the best research on young people, we still have over a million young people drifting from the faith every year. Yeah. And so a number of us started dreaming, like, what could God accomplish if we work together, if we embodied what Jesus prayed? For in John 17, you know, if church unity is one of Jesus's last prayers, maybe it should be one of our main strategies, man. That's so yeah, mind blowing, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, as you know, because you've been part of it, we've had a number of meetings largely on Zoom, yeah, with really thoughtful denominational training leaders, etc., just dreaming about how we could work together. And yeah. so, I'll it, say this
0: about it, yeah, please. It is the large, as far as I know. The largest gathering of denominational and Christian organizational leaders that has been put together, to my knowledge. There may be one out there that I don't know, but you guys have done an amazing job of gathering leaders in the room for this. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, well, and what's been so refreshing is how hungry leaders are to be with not just people who are like them, but people who are different than them, whether it's by denomination, by race or ethnicity, which, as you know, Ben, we talk about a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. How do we really listen to and elevate leaders of color in the midst of this national initiative? Uh, And so, you know, for listeners, you probably haven't heard about it yet because we're still in a quiet, silent phase. We're still piloting. The national launch will be fall 2023. But for folks who want to hear more about the training that we're going to offer, the resources that we're going to offer, the way that we're going to connect youth leaders with their denominations and with great national organizations, folks can go to 10by10.org. And that's T-E-N, spell out 10, T-E-N-X-1-O dot I'll say that again. <laughs> I know it's a little tough. It's a little cumbersome. We're, we might get an easier uh, website in, in before official launch. But for right now, it's tenx as in by oneo dot Yeah, so we'd love to have people check it out and start signing up for our free updates.
0: Yeah, the really cool thing, like there are uh, obvious theological differences. Yeah, across because you've gathered a lot of leaders from denominations all across the United yeah. States:
1: evangelical, mainline, Roman Catholic, Orthodox. Yeah. yeah,
0: so there are there are clear theological differences. Yeah, but I think what's been so cool is that there still is the very baseline we want to rally around teenagers having a relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And so like, there are issues that we would sit in a room and disagree yeah, with, yeah. but the focus is not that. Yeah. Which is so refreshing yeah. in this moment because the narrative often is what do we disagree on rather yeah. than what do we agree on? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been encouraged a group of people who do believe some different things at a very bottom line can say, hey, we care deeply about students walking with Jesus.
1: Absolutely, And that's that's really the focus, as you know. One of our big phrases is we're about relational discipleship radically focused on Jesus. Yeah. And all of those words are important. Yeah. And you're so right, Ben. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing listeners in their own churches, as is true in basically every church I know of, there is a lot of division today. Um, Churches are more and more fractured. And, and, you know, those of us who follow Jesus, it's easier to get more and more fractured, more and more critical of people who think differently than us. And we're trying to say, let's focus on what's most important, which is young people's relationship with Jesus.
0: Yeah. And then because of the focus that thus far that you've been doing, that can be applied in their various in their various denominations. How they do discipleship can be different from place to place. But the point is. Going back to a relationship with Jesus absolutely. and walking with Him, absolutely. Um, you have uh, you have just returned. Uh, from vacation, yes, and so a great time with yeah. your family yeah. and kids yeah. and all that. Uh, and so I, I want to dive into the parent thing a little bit because that is our topic tomorrow. Uh, I, personally, I could learn a lot from you. You, you are, you've already parented some through. My oldest six is sixteen. Your youngest is sixteen. It's absolutely. So, ha- having been involved in student ministry for a long time, pre-teenagers of your own, yeah. What was one of the biggest things that you had a light bulb moment of when you all of a sudden had teenagers and were still involved in student ministry?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing that comes to mind, um, and I'll actually be talking about this some at the launch event, is that I didn't realize all I didn't know. Mm. Until I became a parent of teenagers, like yeah. I and I, I didn't realize how much parents are involved in kids' lives every day. That I don't see as a youth leader, you know. I, I of course, as a youth pastor, I was close to a bunch of kids, especially yeah. a bunch of girls. I was keeping in touch with them, seeing them a couple times a week. But I was seeing them a couple times a week, right? Like parents see their kids multiple times every day. And so, uh, you know, our family, we've been an involved family in our, our, our church's youth ministry. Dave and I have made, my husband and I, we've made so many mistakes. But one thing I'm glad we've done is we've really prioritized youth ministry events, small groups, you know, our summer calendar, first we start with the youth group calendar, mm-hmm. and then we add family vacation. Yeah,
0: some of the listeners are saying, praise the Lord for that at this <laughs> yeah, moment. Totally. Yeah,
1: I, I will say, I have to bug our youth pastor to get those summer <laughs> camp dates, though. So yeah. usually right around Christmas, I'm emailing him and saying, hey, can I have summer <laughs> camp dates? Because we got to pick our family That's vacation. That's right. So yep. He graciously gives them to me every year. Um, but, you know, our kids have been super involved in youth group. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, yeah. we host small group at our fam- our, ch- our house, et cetera. And yet, as close as our kids are to their amazing youth pastor, amazing small group leaders, those great adults see about 20% of what yeah. Dave and I see. And you know this, Ben, as a parent. You know, when when my son didn't get into the top college of his choice, mm. and he got the email on a Saturday, and he came to me with his laptop open mm. saying, Mom, I guess God doesn't want me to go to this college. Wow. There's no small group leader in the room. There's no youth pastor in the room. It's me.
0: Yeah. You got to figure it out. How am
1: I going to respond to my son? Yeah. When my daughter came home from youth group in a bad mood and when we tucked her in, this was when she was in middle school, when we tucked her in, she started crying saying that two girls at youth group who she thought she was really close to, quote, hated her, end quote. Mm. There's no small group leader in the room. There's no youth pastor in the room. There's me. Yeah. And so just the myriad of times and ways that I as a parent have to influence my kids. Like I had I had no idea how much more influential parents were (laughs) than I was as a youth leader until I had my own kids and just saw how many conversations we have in the course of the day. You know, my daughter, my other daughter, she's really hopes to be captain of the volleyball team at her high school. She finds nice. out today. Oh, wow. You know, the coaches are releasing it. And and I told her yesterday, I think there's about a 50-50 chance. But like in my mind, even as I'm having this interview to, with you today, I'm thinking about my daughter. Yeah. and whether When's she gets, the text coming through? Exactly. Yep. And how do I respond? If it's the news she hopes for or the news she fears. Yeah. How am I going to respond as a parent in a way that points her to Jesus? Yeah. She's got a great small group leader. I don't think she's gonna text her small group leader today. She's texting me. Yeah. And so just how influential parents are, I had no idea until I became a parent.
0: Well, we hopefully we'll hear good news yes, at, hopefully. Some point, yeah, at some yeah, point. At some point today. Yeah. Um so how did you respond in, in those little conversation moments, yeah. those yeah. little things that you're in and out of all the, all time, the time? And I, I would agree there's and there's no real place to go. There's no there's there's nowhere to learn that that's the case until yeah. you until you experience it. Yeah. And for a, for a long time, I kind of pushed back against that. And I've talked about this, Nathan, before on the podcast. Like I was like, "No, God's called me to this. He's equipped me to do it. I can understand." And ignorance is not a bad thing. Yeah. It just means you haven't experienced it yet. Yeah. And that is, I I've the. It's so different to pastor a teenager than it is to parent one. Yep. It's kind of the phrase that has stuck in my mind mm-hmm. about this. Yeah, How did you handle those little conversations? Yeah. Like, were you, like, was it overtly everything is pointing to Jesus yeah. and every, con- like with the college thing and with, or was, or was it more subtle? More subtle. Okay.
1: Uh, because I tried to be more overt and, you know, that works when my kids were in elementary school Mm. to talk about God and Jesus, like all the time. Yeah. But when my kids started hitting middle school, I think they wanted a little bit more, shall I say, sophisticated conversations, a little more nuanced. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I'm constantly, I'm constantly trying to share my own journey with Jesus Mm. and help them, think about how what they're experiencing connects with Jesus. Even while I'm thinking that constantly, you know, I, I, um, I try to be a little bit judicious and how much I actually talk about God and Jesus with my kids. Um, so for instance, let's just get really practical. Jessica with the, uh, you know, volleyball captain, um, it, it, you know, I, I've already talked with her about, I, you know, Jessica, we've prayed about this. We've prayed God's will to be done. We've also prayed that you will get this. And yeah. so, you know, last night I said, well, I, I think we can rest in God's will in this. And whatever whatever news she gets, I will probably mention God's will, but I, I, I'll start with empathizing. And yeah. I think that's probably the key, Ben, that one of the mistakes that I've made as a parent that I'm learning to correct is like starting with God and Jesus <laughs> instead of first really trying to empathize and listen mm-hmm. and understand, which is exactly what we would say to a youth leader. That's right? right. Like when a kid is struggling with something, sure, you eventually want to get to talking about God yeah. and Jesus, but, but first they need to feel like that you are you are with them. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. Is an okay the same thing to say? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, that must be so hard. Yes, oh, I'd be feeling stressed and anxious if I was you. Also. Yes. You know all the ways that we communicate. We understand, we are with them, <laughs> and and then help a young person, whether it's in our family or whether it's in our youth ministry, then help them see how Jesus connects with what they're going through.
0: So served as a youth pastor, volunteered in youth ministry along the way to, yeah. you trained, you are a, a leader at a <laughs> college and seminary. Not all parents have those credentials. Yeah. And so what do you think, if we take the, the the train of thought here, Yeah, there are so many little moments yeah. along the way yeah. for untrained, yep. many have never been discipled themselves, parents, but want to make a difference. Yeah. What do you think real partnership looks like between the church and home? Yeah. In, in the the majority of families that are in church. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I really like the definition of uh, partnering with parents that Reggie Joyner and Krista yeah. maybe have come up with. Um, and it, it's a two-part definition that as youth leaders, we're trying to help families get more connected to the faith community so they can be more intentional at home. Mm. More connected to the faith community so they can be more intentional at home. Yeah. You notice that's not trying to get parents... To get their kids to events necessarily uh, you know i think a lot of times we view parents as chauffeurs or checkbooks or chaperones yep. and that's how we treat parents
0: get your your, your sheets not- exactly, notarized exactly. and here they get go get those forms yep. in
1: yeah and what are the dietary issues that's and right all that. and, yep. you know that's that's a part of partnering with parents yeah. but at a deeper level how do we help parents get more connected to the church, the faith community, so they can be more intentional at home.
0: Yeah. That's um, a great definition. Yeah,
1: isn't that a good definition? I think it's just so simple but all-encompassing. And and so to your point that a lot of parents, you know, they're not thinking child development, they're not yeah. thinking scripturally on a day-to-day basis necessarily. And so, you know, I think a great way that we can embody that kind of partnership is for us as youth leaders to come alongside parents, guardians, step-parents, grandparents, you know, family members in general, and to ask this question, how can we partner in how God is working in your teenager? Mm. How how can I be a part In how God is working in your teenager. And so, you know, when we ask that question, I mean, you're a parent, Ben. Like, if your youth leader asked you that question, like, that youth leader would be my hero. It's a a great question. Isn't that a great question? How can we partner in how God is working in your teenager? Because God is always working in teenagers. So, you know, Jessica, with this volleyball captain deal, um, you know, I think God's working either way. Yeah. Whether or not right. she gets the captain position or doesn't get the captain position, I have a chance to help her think about how God's working. And I need I need youth leaders, parents need youth leaders to just remind us that God's working and we can have a conversation that makes that a little bit more tangible with our kids.
0: I love that question because I think it does a couple of things. When you as the youth pastor are asking, what can I do to partner with you in what God's doing? Yeah. It, it recognizes I don't have all the answers Yeah, and that's a beautiful place for a youth pastor to start this partnership Totally, because I think a, a, the general, like if we take generalities and it's never really a great thing to generalize, but a lot of student pastors are not yet in the place where they have children or teenage yeah, children. Absolutely. And it's okay to admit that you don't know everything. Yeah. And that you still want to partner yeah. and you can still be extremely valuable, yeah. even though you, ha- and I think that's what I pushed back against. Yeah. I took it as a defensiveness, like, no, I still have value, even though I haven't parented teenagers yeah. yet.
1: Yeah.
0: But that I, I think I took the wrong road yeah. early on yeah. because it's not a statement of value. It's yeah. a statement of experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And when you ask that question, the yeah. way you just framed it yeah. it's saying, Hey, I don't know everything. Yeah. But I want to partner with you. I want to help you discover what God is doing. Yeah. And I want to partner in where he's already active. It's very experiencing God, right? Like yeah, exactly. the Blackabee study totally. from a time past. <laughs>
1: right.
0: yeah. So find yeah. out where God's working and That's jump awesome. in. Yep. And the second thing that I love about that question is that it signifies that this is a process. Mm. It's not going to be a one-time yeah. thing that I present this to you and we're good.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm going to be continually asking you that question. Yeah, because two years from now, yeah. it may not be volleyball. Yeah. It may be something so it'll else. It'll be They're,
1: college or dating or whatever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so
0: that that question it, it it signifies a relationship that we want to have between church and home. Yeah. That is ongoing and is shaped differently based on the needs and what God is doing. Yeah. I really like that question, yeah. the way that's phrased. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Ben. I do too. Uh, you know, and as you were talking, I was thinking about myself, especially in my 20s, pre-marriage, or even once I was married, didn't have kids, or as you pointed out, didn't, didn't have teenage kids. And I knew I was supposed to build relationships with parents, right? Like yes. I, you know, I knew I was, quote, supposed to, end quote. And so I knew I was supposed to reach out and call them. And, like, the phone never looked so big as when I was trying to call parents. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to (laughs) say? You know, I'm barely out of college. And they're 20 years older. and, And so, like, I think... I think I would kind of muster up uh, enough courage to ask, how could I be praying for your family? Yeah, You know, which is not a bad question to ask. No, not at all. But like, I wish when I, 25 year old and even 35 year old Carapel, because I'm a little older than that, had had this question in my hip pocket. Mm. So that, you know, whether I was talking to a parent after church, whether, you know, these days I was texting a parent, whether I was calling a parent, whatever it might be, like, how can I partner with you? in how God is working in your teenager. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is such, I'm going to remember that question. I'm going to use it. I'll give you credit for it, but we'll, we'll we'll use that one again too, Nathan, at some point along the way. I, I think that when student pastors approach parent ministry, it's very much like you described. I don't know what exactly I'm going to say. I know I'm supposed to, Let's try to figure out this thing. And if we're naming shortcomings of our ministry past, I would go to, I naturally gravitated. Like I would say there were people I had real partnerships with Mm -hmm. and amazing relationships Mm -hmm. with.
1: Parents. Yes. Yeah
0: but they were the ones that naturally gravitated towards me yeah and the so I, I would say I created a parent click yeah of, of sorts <laughs> right. like the, they were my favorites and yeah. I could talk to them yeah. they were supportive yeah. and even when they weren't they did it in like a really helpful constructive way yeah their kids were super involved and so it was easy yep it was the easy way out and so I I spent. A lot of time there, and With I'm
1: probably twenty percent of oh, your youth group's parents. For right? sure, at, at yeah, most. at most, yeah, totally.
0: And I made the incorrect assumption that if these are the things that these parents what? need for partnership, right, then I can apply that broadly over the rest of the ministry, and I'll be okay. Yeah. And it was wrong. Yeah. And I, I think other people saw that and and it created the same thing that a lot of students gripe about in student ministry of it doesn't feel welcoming and mm-hmm. we don't feel included, mm-hmm. but at a parent level, mm-hmm. and I look back on that. I was like, Ooh, that was not, yeah. that was not the way to go about it. Yeah. yeah. But you really, I think in this, you really do have to break out of the ones who already want to do this well. hmm And focusing on that, you have to break out of your shell. Mm -hmm. Even the most charismatic and outgoing people, I think, kind of struggle in this area. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is where spending time with parents is so valuable. I mean, I I know, uh, I think immediately of Richard Ross. And he had such an interesting paradigm for how we spend our time as youth leaders. Um, My recollection is he would encourage youth leaders to spend a third of their time with students, a third of their yeah. time with volunteers and a third of their time with parents. Now, you know, I, I honestly never did that as a youth pastor. Um but I like the thinking behind that, you know, <laughs> right. and so, so I, I I and I'm not sure a third and third a third is the right percentage. Yeah. But just the idea that okay, we are gonna prioritize spending time with parents, not just the parents who are the easy parents, who are, you know, the parents of the youth group superstars. Right. Um but that, that parent who is what a colleague of mine calls a taillight parent who, you know, all you ever see is the taillights yeah. as they're driving out that's of the church a, <laughs> parking lot. That's a good
0: descriptor. Um, yeah. and,
1: and so, you know, that means that we got to be standing out in that parking lot and saying hi to that parent. Yeah, And then after we say hi a couple of times, ask, Hey, can I get together with coffee or swing by your house? I would just love to check in Yeah, see how you're doing. And so, you know, we have to stretch ourselves to intentionally build relationships with diverse parents. yeah, um, And then this is where too, though, Ben, there are limitations to what any one youth leader can do. And so this is especially for youth pastors listening, like how do we train small group leaders? How do we train our volunteers, our mentors, so that they're also building relationship? There's, there's yeah. just like we do with kids. There's only so many kids that we can relationally disciple, We need adults to to be on the team and expanding the influence. And the same is true with building relationships with parents.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a small group leader for 11th grade. So this this is the first year I've had my son, like I'm teaching his small group at church. So you
1: stayed with 11th grade and your son moved up?
0: No, they needed help in that grade this year. Wow. And I had the whole conversation with Jonathan and... Hey, like, I'm not trying to get in your space. I'm yeah. very aware of helicoptering yeah. and want to stay away. Yeah. He was like, no, I want you to do it. I think it'll be so awesome. I was like, okay, we're going to do this thing. And awesome. we had our first group a couple weeks ago. And I said, if that was awkward, I'll move to a different grade. Good. I just want you to be you. Yeah. And so that like, that's going okay. But the, the reality of that is there's a lot of training, a lot of help, build relationships with the teenagers, yeah. get them in a group me or whatever group yeah. text thing you sure. use, all of that stuff. And not a lot of, as the small group leader yeah. connect with the parents too. Yeah. Um. But that's a, that's a piece yeah. of that yeah. so to, to really partner. Cause we go to a larger church. Yep. I have to be one of the ones as a small group leader that helps connect the dots between youth pastor and home. Yeah. That's totally. just the way it has to be. Totally.
1: But I mean, I think you're bringing up like a really good logistical question about like, we need to be able to give phone numbers right, <laughs> back and forth, right? Like yes. small group leaders, as best as we can, we need to equip small group leaders with either parents' information or a way to get parents' information. And, you know, we yeah. need to give parents the contact information of their small group leader too. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think wise youth leaders are constantly thinking, how do we build bridges? And and. It, I think on both sides, parents and small group leaders get stymied by Little things like not having the right phone number or the right email address. And it happens
0: all, all the, the time. time. I mean, all the time. All
1: the time. <laughs> I remember sitting at my one of my church's meetings and, you know, the 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 well-intentioned youth pastor was saying to all of us as parents, like, reach out to your small group leader. And I looked around and I thought, what percentage of parents have their contact information? I mean, I did because I had been extra proactive, right? but most parents hadn't. And mm-hmm. so like, oh, we need to take that next step and and give the information that makes it tangible and then you know for for small group leaders to reach out with parents, you know, give them a couple questions like how can we partner in how God is yes. working in your young pre- person, as well as anything else, any talking points, you know, make that connection as turnkey as possible Yeah, for small group leaders.
0: Script it, give it to them. Totally. Yeah.
1: Here are the five talking points. We want we want parents to know about the retreat. We, we want to ask these few questions. And then also give small group leaders a way to get you that information. Like, yeah. it, you know, they're, they're doing valuable research right. for you on the families in your ministry and in your city. And so, you know, how do you create a feedback loop so that small group leaders can enter in a Google Doc or whatever it might be, what they're hearing from parents.
0: Yeah, we're building a little bit of a framework here for people to follow. I like it. it.
1: A little partnering with parents.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we did a video, uh, Nathan, just the other day on helping student pastors think about their time Mm. and how they spend their week. And we used the one third one third yeah. one third but yeah. one of the twists that we put on it was the wisdom in that system is knowing that it's never going to slice that evenly right and which season yeah
1: that's good
0: which third get, needs good. to get the most attention that's good. and so and I think that changes from place to place yeah right like there's There are going to be moments contextually that are different for you where you need to pour more time in the parents. And if you're at a place and there's not been any parent partnership or maybe you're new, something's happened in the community and you realized, oh, wait, we need to catch up here. Then maybe this year is a season to focus on doing that thing in particular. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm curious, you're a parent of, uh, you know, you said your oldest two are 14, 16. When in the year do you feel like you most need support?
0: That's a great question. Uh, Honestly, I think summertime Mm -hmm. because there's more availability. Yeah. Absolutely. They're around more. Um, One of the things that we've, that we've toyed around with, we've taught, we've encouraged student. We don't create this resource. Trademark copyright. So just in case we want to later, (laughs) maybe we should. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But one of the things we've encouraged youth pastors to do is to create a vacation resource Uh, that, as as families scatter, yeah, here's this super easy thing, conversation starters, couple activities that you can do to kind of maximize that vacation time where there's probably gonna be more downtime than normal life. Totally. Um, But I think I feel. My kids may say a different season. I think I feel more parental stress in the summer times than I do in the school year. Yeah, I think Lack of schedules yeah, sure. and all that Much stuff. Much less
1: structured, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And I think you're right that vacation holidays, Christmas comes to mind as yeah. another time when parents could use some help and some resources. Like you mentioned, our family just got back from a, a great vacation and, and Dave and I did an experiment. Um, you know, I, I said to Dave, we, we want our family to be a place where we can keep talking about faith. And so, so we told our kids that um, over the course of the nine days, one at a time, we just wanted each of us to share, you know, how we had been growing in Jesus in the last year and mm-hmm. what we were hoping for in the next year in our relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, Dave went first, and then one of our daughters went next, and it was just, you know, kind of organic and natural. Scattered out? Scattered oh, out. Over, yeah, yeah. So, and we did that on purpose. I like, yeah. didn't want it to be, this is the dinner where we're all <laughs> going to share. Tuesday night, faith <laughs> night. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, sometimes we have to do that, right? right? right. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we had to do that to a degree during the school year. But over vacation, we thought, no, let's just make it as the dinners unfold. Although toward the end, I, I, I did it to say to Dave, okay, we only have three nights left, and we're on a boat, one of them. so. <laughs> We better really maximize these last two. So it did take a little bit of calculation yeah. toward the end, but but yeah, I think for youth leaders to give those kinds of tools, you know, when yeah. you're on the road trip, here are a couple of questions. Here's a song to listen to. Here's a podcast to listen to. Yeah, uh, you know that that could spark some great conversation. Um, here's some resources on mental health. I, I I'd say that's another time back to school. Um, you know, as those first as, few weeks, totally, yeah. as kids are feeling more and more stress, especially these days, I, I mm-hmm. think parents need some mental health tools. So that's another important time
0: we have. We are man, we are experiencing that in our house right now because my daughter, uh, at 14, just started high school. Mm. So freshman and we got rezoned to a brand new school this oh, year. So wow. there's like transition upon transition.
1: Ooh.
0: And we've. We've had key conversation moments leading up to that, even now. Yeah. And I think one of the things from a parent perspective and looking back, this is a wish I would have done more kind of thing, is just helping parents to see those conversation moments for yeah. what they are yeah. rather than. Okay, we dealt with that on to the next thing. You mentioned a few of your own, like parenting moments along the way, things that happen. There are so many of those that I think families just get into the habit of doing life and not connect like, oh, this can be a really key spiritual conversation, even though it doesn't have spiritual conversation written on the name tag of it, so to speak.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Helping parents live with open eyes to yeah. see those for what they are. To see how is God's a, working. Yes, right? is yeah. a huge yeah. part of that.
1: You know, I'll, I'll say, Ben, probably the thing that's helped me the most with that in the last few years is some of our most recent research uh, that we describe in a book that we call uh, Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager. Yeah. And we think, based on our research, that all of us, but especially teenagers, are wrestling with these three big questions of identity, who am I, belonging, Where do I fit? And purpose, what difference can I make? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you better believe with this volleyball captain (laughs) – Uh, Yeah. Ordeal that, you know, we'll we'll finally get resolved today. Like I've been thinking, okay, it's about purpose. Mm -hmm. It's about purpose for Jessica as she's thinking about leadership, the kind of person she wants to be on the court, off the court, how she wants her peers to respond to her. And so, uh, like, what's been helpful for me with this framework of identity, belonging and purpose is when when my kids are talking about something a lot are emotional about something, there's just heat Yes. about something in their life, if I take a step back and go, okay, is this about identity? Is this about belonging? Or is this about purpose? Like it almost always, like the penny drops for me mm-hmm. as a parent. And I go, oh, you know, she's struggling with this with a friend because it's challenging her sense of belonging. He's having a hard time when it comes to thinking about his next internship so because it, it pulls at a sense of identity. So, and I mean, every once in a while I talk to my kids about identity, belonging and purpose, but normally it's just in my brain. In yeah. my brain. So that as I'm empathizing with them, as I'm bringing God and Jesus into the conversation, I, I have this framework to help connect the dots for me and hopefully for them, too.
0: Yeah. I would love for you to give a little more of a plug for the where people can sure, find that. And... Sure,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find it on Amazon or you can find it at fulleryouthinstitute.org, our website, Um, And it's a book that Brad Griffin and I co-authored based on research we did with over a thousand teenagers, but then deep dive research with 27 very diverse teenagers from all around the country. Um, The majority of those 27 were young people of color. And we did that on purpose because we really, really wanted to understand the reality of black, Latino, Asian, uh, Mediterranean, et cetera, students. Um, And it was just a really, really rich experience. Yeah.
0: And it comes down to identity, belonging, belonging and, and purpose.
1: purpose. Who am I? Where do I fit? And what difference can I make? Yeah. And, you know, Ben, you and I are ans- asking those questions. Nathan, you're asking those questions, too. But for young people, they're really at a rolling boil. For us, they're more at a low simmer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So check that book out. It uh, sounds like great parent ministry meeting material. Absolutely. Stuff that you can put in the hands of parents yeah. to help them understand Well, Kara, it has been awesome to have this conversation with you. We so look forward to launch tomorrow.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And I'm glad people can watch the talks afterwards on YouTube. That's a gift.
0: Yep. So So, Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube, you can find all of the content from the launch event on there. Uh, Dr. Kara Powell will be one of those.
1: Looking forward to it. Great to be with you, Ben and Nathan.
0: This has been another episode of Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. Bye.